1: Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of Culture Clash here on the Fandom Podcast Network. It is great to see you all. We are live, and we are here to talk about Loki Season 2, because Loki Watch 2023 is continuing, but we've got all kinds of other fun things to talk about, but I can't do it all by myself as much as I would try. You guys would get bored really quickly, so I have to bring in my brother from another mother, the man who has been out killing vampires doing some slaying you know equal opportunity slayer that he is the one and only mr kevin reitzel
0: hey what's going on hey we're getting some chat in the uh uh the youtube live chat here it looks like dave and chris are uh, throwing out their their takes on recent episode so yeah i appreciate that good to be back yes i have been uh using my mr pointy and uh doing continuing my buffy rewatch and i will get into that more in a little bit
1: i, I just want to recommend staying away from priests named caleb <laughs> This is true <laughs> <laughs> yeah but guys we are here to talk about loki season two as we're continuing loki watch 2023 and we have a few other fun things pla- planned as well including a little bit of news so without further ado
0: Let's
1: News! And we start off on a little bit of a sad note this week with Let's News, Kevin, because one of my all-time favorites, Richard Mall passed away the other day at the age of 80. Obviously, probably most famously known as playing Bull on Night Court, but he's done a lot of other things. He also was the voice of Harvey Dent on Batman the Animated Series, which, of course, made him the voice of Two-Face. But he also has ties to
0: Highlander, Kevin. He does, and we uh, did talk about him recently on our Blood of Kings Highlander uh, uh, podcast, which you can also see on YouTube. Both Lee and I uh, did the podcast. We were discussing the... Uh premiere episode of Highlander the TV series from 1993 And uh Richard Mall played Slan Quince, the evil uh baddie, in that first episode. And of course, that first episode was crucial because uh Connor McLeod himself, a fellow uh clanmate of Duncan McLeod, who is the uh, uh lead of the TV series, uh, came in to kind of pass the torch, sort of speak. Make an appearance and uh, slam was the evil bad, and uh, there's a really cool fight scene on one of the bridges there in Vancouver, excuse me, aka Seacouver. But yes, uh, it's sad to know that uh, people from our uh, one of our favorite 80s comedies are slowly passing away, so yeah, Marky Post, yeah. what last year, I think it was, or early uh, two year? years, I think,
1: I think two years ago, actually, yeah. now uh, she had cancer, and of course, her- the late great harry anderson as well it's just a shame because i know, I don't believe he actually ever got to make an appearance on the new night court
0: that's no that's running and that's so. been
1: actually playing some pretty good numbers but yeah i was a big fan of richard ball you will always be bold to me but he ha- he had a great career uh it always seemed like he was one of the nicer guys in hollywood too so yes yes yeah but mm-hmm. kevin speaking of highlander we've got Uh-oh. some interesting news on the highlander remake front um The actor strike is still going on, yes. However, the writers are back at work, which means pre-production on a lot of projects can go on. And it sounds like everything is in place for pre-production on the writing of this film to get going hardcore. And I know Kevin, Blood of Kings has kind of been even in a little bit of neutral waiting for news on this film as well.
0: Yeah, Highlander fans are kind of frustrated because it's just been delayed and delayed and delayed. You know, and of course, with the recent writer strike and um, uh, actor strike, it was like, yeah, okay, when is this ever going to happen? But the writer strike ending and the actor strike coming to an end could be a blessing in disguise when it comes to certain projects that either may have been delayed or on the bubble of being done because maybe priorities were given elsewhere. Uh, but those things aren't written and aren't done yet. So uh, according to Deadline, in the world of Highlander reboots, there can still be only one. And that's a good one at that. For the first time, Lionsgate will be launching sales at the AFM on their long gestating fantasy reboot, which has Henry Cavill aboard to star as the star Scottishman, uh, Scottish Swordsman and John Wick filmmaker Chad Stelheski set to direct. We hear this will be a big budget proposition, north of hundred million. Stell Heskey himself has previously talked about it. Uh, it can the John John Wick with swords. This team is eyeing a 2024 start, uh, and of course, I said before, Kyle. Uh, and in bloody kings episodes that we've talked about it was supposed to start i think back in 2022 and on go on and on so uh, this will be welcome news for afm buyers whose pool of pre-sale projects are being diminishing by the ongoing strike this new movie will be based on the 86 original which starred of course Christoph lambert and sean, Con- sean connery and clancy brown as uh, immortals hunting themselves hunting them down um, and uh, producing the reboots are joshua davis a.k.a. from Fast and the Furious, producer Neil H. Moritz Stalhesky through his 8711 Entertainment Production Company, and Louise Rossner. The current draft of his screenplay is by Mike Finch, and the late Peter S. Davis, producer of the original Highlander, initiated development of the new new film, Summit First, acquiring remake rights to the original in 2008. So it looks like uh, this is a big step for us Highlander fans and uh, fans of, uh, you know, sword and sorcery, uh, you know, movies going forward that it's nice to see more of this happening. But this is a good sign, Kyle.
1: It it is. I'm glad to see it. And, you know, this like this brings up a good point. I know our good friend John Mosby talked about this on his echo chamber site. As well, and I'm sure we have a couple of friends, um, besides Mr. Mosby, including Mr. Melville, who might be pretty tied into what might be going on with this film. But this is an interesting time because you do have the writers back, and I think we could see where there's a lot of projects that have been kind of sitting there. And now that at least the writers can go to work, that they might be ready to hit the ground running on some of these projects as soon as the actors can get back to work.
0: Yeah, I want to let people know that, um, uh, when it comes to information and such John Mosby, who released uh, an article just recently because of this news on his echo chamber. Dot online website. We know John Mosby very well. I've met him through the Highlander community, but we've had him here on the fandom podcast network talking about star Trek and uh, and Dr. Who and a bunch of other stuff. And he is a writer himself. He's done a lot of interviews, uh, on sets of movies. He was on set of, uh, was it the last Highlander movie. And so he knows a lot about the Highlander world. And uh, this, I just want to re- read a little bit of what he says Has even asked the most stalwart fan of Highlander about the progression of the new feature film and proposed reboot of the core concept and characters that they likely give you a sigh and knowing look that echoes the fact that the film sequels were a series of ever decreasing circles and that the *Triumph* TV series has been in reruns for 20 years and that the movement of the new film has been so painfully built on rumor and lack of movement that they doubt it would ever happen. However, there's now some genuine if virtual movement on the reboot reported through industry site deadline due to the, Due to be directed by John Wick's Chad Stahelski and feature uh, Superman star Henry Cavill, it appears that Lionsgate is actively moving the production forward and is intending to launch interest in sales of the film at the key industry market event, AFM, American Film Market, confirming that they hope to start filming the feature sometime in 2024. And he does go on to reference the, uh, the WGA strike, of course, the Writers Guild of America, and the SAG site. Uh, strike the screen actors guild and um what this event is it's basically studios uh uh, people trying to sell movies to studios and to distribute them and what you guys have to understand here we have a major a-list actor henry cavill and we have almost i would say an upcoming a-list director chad stelhaski because he has made his uh foot in you know he's put his foot ground in in directing but also in martial arts and in uh stunt work he has a whole stunt group the 8711 group that's his that's all designed by him and they do a lot of the stunt work in a lot of films now so he knows people in the industry so if you're trying to market a movie you've got a lot to push by marketing that movie the way that it's packaged now that's good news
1: yeah, and I just, I'm so, I'm excited for this because I really think Henry Cavill, who, I know he's also got that Warhammer project, which is a passion yeah. project of his. He's basically um, a
0: big, handsome nerd. Let's just put it yeah, out there. Right, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. us rest <laughs> of us to shame. But before, before we get on to the next news, I just felt that was appropriate. Hey, bloody King <laughs> Switch! I like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, guys, we got some big news too regarding Doctor Who, and the reason why I'd, I, I got to give a shout out to Dan Hadley, our host of Type Forty, uh, a Doctor Who podcast. First of all, he actually commented how he frustrated he is with the Highlander situation as well because he's a big fan and he's been. He's like, just give me. Don't tell me until we get a trailer, but you know. Yeah, I
0: tried to meet Dan when I was in the UK, but man, he was busy. I couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> well, he's been busy because this is the. 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, and he has been covering it all over the place on Type 40. So please go check that out here on the Phantom Podcast Network or find the Type 40 feed feed, because Dan is doing a phenomenal job. But we did have some major Doctor Who news released towards the end of the week, and that is the release of these three David Tennant specials and when they will be airing. Now, here's the twist to this, guys. If you are not aware, outside of the U.K., the only place you will be able to see these Doctor Who specials is Disney Plus. Disney Plus is the exclusive distributor of Doctor Who. Current any new Doctor Who starting with these specials, as and anywhere in the world besides the UK, which they will air on the BBC. But we do have the dates of these specials. Um, the first special will premiere November twenty fifth, which is called the Star Beast. It will be followed by the special titled Wild Blue Yonder on December 2nd and The Giggle on December 9th. The specials reunite the 14th Doctor, also known as the 10th Doctor, David Tennant, and um companion Donna Temple Noble, played by Catherine Tate. I love Catherine is- Tate, by the way. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> yeah. As they come face to face with their most terrifying villain yet, the Toymaker, played by the one and only legend neil patrick harris in his doctor who debut nice. all will premiere on disney plus globally except in the uk and ireland where they will air on the bb yeah. um this is a huge deal kevin doctor who's kind of taken a step back in pop in popularity especially internationally during the jody whitaker run for a myriad of reasons and i'm not going to dive into that conversation if you want to hear about that t- listen to type 40 it, it's it's a it's a it's a Star Wars esque black hole you could go in, into, with the fan reactions to Doctor Who of last few years. But there is general g- genuine excitement for the return of David Tennant now, the fourteenth Doctor, and what this is going to lead to, as it will eventually lead to Shooting Nagawa, who will be the fifteenth Doctor. And by the end of these, at the end of these series specials, you will see the regeneration of the fourteenth Doctor into the fifteenth Doctor, and which will start the n- new season. Of Doctor Who, with the return of showrunner Russell T Davies, who, for many of you, if you're Doctor Who fans, was the showrunner from the beginning of the Christopher Eccleston era through the entire Tennant run. So you mean when,
0: you mean the best parts? <laughs>
1: well, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi runs too. But yes, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, definitely. It, it is very exciting times for Doctor Who. Uh,
0: I want to give a shout out real quick. David Maddenly uh, had mentioned uh, who do you think would play the bad guy in the new Highlander? Vin Diesel, Keanu Reeves. Uh, no. And he also mentioned about uh, uh, getting Clancy Brown somehow back. Not Maybe not playing their characters, but I would love to see some Highlander alumni come in and play different characters just to kind of show some love and respect to what came before I think that would be a lot of fun. As for bad guy, God, that's a tough one. There's been, there's been a lot of uh, possibilities and Keanu Reeves would be really cool. I think that he he would make, he doesn't play enough bad guys. I've seen him play a couple of bad guys and that would be really cool.
1: Um, there's a few name, few names I could think of. I'd like to see this. I'd love to see Adrian Paul obviously get a cameo of some kind. Oh yeah. Yeah. In this, um, why I am blanking on his name. uh, you're a big fan of his, uh, karate. He was in John Wick Four in the big fat suit.
0: Oh, uh, uh, Scott, um, Scott uh, Atkins. Yes. Atkins. Yeah. I would
1: love to see him in a Highlander.
0: Film. Yeah. Well, he's a, uh, he's, he and, he and Chad Stelhesky are definitely, or, or like, um, what's his name? He was in, uh, the third one, uh, Mark Dacascos, he would be a good yeah. villain too. Yeah. You know, I just, I would love to see people that know how to handle themselves with the sword yeah. and or fighting. And I think we're getting to the point to where we have a lot of actors to choose from that have that type of action in martial arts or just action prowess. That would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. But one more thing before we get into our discussion, main discussion about Loki. Um, we did a little something the other day here on the Fandom Podcast Network. We had a very special, Our every year we do a little Halloween special. You know, we focus on something a couple of years ago. We focused on the Underworld franchise. Several yep. years ago, we did a retrospective on Buffy, but we didn't have our YouTube channel. We didn't have some things. We didn't have Buffy, Buffy, our second Buffy expert who had just finished an entire rewatch of the Queen of Movie Flu, Lacey Adderhold, with us. So it was me, you, your lovely wife, Erin, and Lacey. And we did a live show retrospective on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which you can find on the Phantom Podcast Network YouTube channel. However, we are going to be releasing the audio of that pod, of that show, on Halloween as well. So, you know, maybe you don't have time to sit and watch a YouTube video, we're putting out this in podcast fashion for you people out there. We're dropping on Halloween our great retrospective on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm just going to say Kevin and I just kind of took a backseat and let the ladies go because they were drawing the expert vibes the whole show.
0: Uh, yes, my wife is, uh, I I don't know anyone that knows more about Buffy than my wife does. Uh, Buffy came on during a a very important time of her life. She was living in England at the time and, and, uh, uh, working at, um, uh, a, a store where they sell a lot of like, you know, nerdy stuff and, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, so it was really nice to get her uh, opinion again, because we talk about Buffy all the time. And I've been doing a rewatch myself. I'm on season three right now. But Lacey Adderhold, of course, who is one of our co-hosts of uh, a Time Warp, you know, loves movies like you and I do, Kyle, and physical media like I do. She just finished her entire rewatch of the Buffyverse universe, including Angel. And uh, both of these uh, mo- this series are important to... Or, or the series in this verse, as we say, Buffy is important to all of us. And I thought it was a good time to revisit it. It was, it's technically the 36th anniversary of the original release in 97, the TV series. And, um, you know, like, as I mentioned, my wife just loved the show. She was working at forbidden planet in, uh, in um, London, which is like the biggest collectible nerdy store. And it's still there. Very popular. And, uh, this, uh, she used to watch this with her friends and she's done so much rewatching of this. She knows them very well. She knows the characters very well. And so I thought it was time to revisit this. And plus on the YouTube platform, share a lot of pictures, uh, with the stories as well. And, uh, we let them choose their top five episodes, talked about the seasons. We touched on the music, uh, favorite characters and several other topics. So make sure you check it out. It was a lot of fun
1: well with that it's time to get into a little bit of loki season two so let's do a little phase shift i'm still waiting for my puppet kevin I'm just-
0: <laughs> dave noticed he noticed uh he's a fucking puppet
1: <laughs> i'm sorry the the puppet angel spike fight is still one of my all-time favorite moments it is. in the entire puppet <laughs> universe but guys it is time to talk a little well, we're going to get a little True Believer here, and we're going to talk a little bit about Loki Season 2, and most specifically the most recent episode, The Heart of the TVA. Um, we've only got two episodes left. We're, I can't believe we're already th- over halfway through this series, Kevin. It's, it's been kind of flying by. I know it's been a lot of mixed reaction out there. A lot of people have enjoyed it. A lot of people are a little confused by what's going on. Some people whoa, 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 of-
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying people are confused by it?
1: Mm, maybe just a little. <laughs> uh, but, 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 but Kevin, be, 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 before we go, you want to hit the button? You, you know I like
0: to hit the button, Kyle.
1: Come on. It's Kevin's highlight of every podcast. <laughs> the spoiler alert! He loves the spoiler button. um Yeah, it is time to talk Loki season two, episode four: the heart of the TVA. Mr. Reitzel, would you care to get into our book of marvel and give us the episode plot synopsis
0: maybe i'll understand the episode more let's
1: do this all right plot you never know
0: (laughs) plot synopsis for season two episode four of loki and that episode is called heart of the tva miss minutes reveals that in the past renslayer commanded he who remains army he proposed that renslayer lead the tva with him and had Miss Minutes erase the memories of Renslayer and the other TVA employees. As the temporal loom reaches catastrophic failure, Loki and his allies attempt to use Timely and Obi's thought-put multiplier to fix it. Did you get that? Huh. And it is revealed that the source of Obi's knowledge is Timely himself, creating a predestination paradox. Renslayer and Miss Minutes attempt to take over the TVA, approaching that detained wolf docks and her loyalists for help only wolf agrees docks and her loyalists instead choose to be crushed to death by miss minutes by the way did you notice the look on miss minutes
1: kyle when that was happening <laughs> all, all i all i know is when cl- cleanup and TVA uh jail was called for i'm glad i wasn't on duty
0: when you hear the sound of blood oozing that was a nice touch uh Wolf prunes Hunter D-90 and kidnaps Timely. While staging a rescue, Sylvie and Loki encounter this time-slipping past self. Loki prunes his past self. Obi deactivates Miss Minutes and the TVA's magic suppressive devices. This enables Sylvie to enchant Wolf, controlling him to prune Renslayer. Timely is rescued and is able to restore access to the temporal loom. But the loom's increased temporal radiation spaghettifies himself before he can launch the throughput multiplier. Multiplier. The temporal loom explodes with the blast wave spreading towards Loki, Mobius, Sylvie, B15, Casey, OB, TVA, Kevin, Kyle, and everyone in our fandom podcast network chat
1: hey well and in that chat now is the lethal mullet himself adam o'brien brian and if if you're paying attention there was there's a there's a little drop that happened shortly before this episode came out where we're doing a little he's doing a little flashback to one of your all-time favorite buddy cop movies tango and cash from what a lethal from a flashbacking back to a prior episode of lethal mullet so the last great action hero of the 80s and should have gotten a sequel um I'm Just gonna say, I might be agreeing with Dave Mattingly at by the end of this episode. Here, Thanos and Kane got nothing on Miss Minutes, she is the most terrifying screen villain since Tenet as Kilgrave. You know, uh, I, I'm
0: beginning to kind of because at least there was like some somehow some reason with Thanos. Um, Miss Minutes, oh, she cray cray,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in love cray cray. So that's even, even scarier.
0: And yes, Chris, you are right. Tango cash is an underrated gym. Thank you very Terry much. Hatcher.
1: That's all I got to yep. say is Terry Hatcher.
0: Terry, Terry Hatcher. Worst cop. So, so,
1: yeah. <laughs> so Kevin, I got instant reactions.
0: Oh, you're going to go first, Kyle. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Okay. <laughs>
1: you're going first, buddy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so, so, so here's the thing for me. I'm, I'm actually really enjoying season two. Um, you ever read like a novel or something and you're feeling lost and you're feeling lost and all of a sudden something clicks and it's just like everything falls into place. That's kind of how I'm, that's how I'm feeling about Loki season two right now. It's just everything's falling into place. I love, I loved a lot of things they did this episode, including some very interesting timey, wimey things that they did, which I will get to later when we get into the topics of this. Kevin's already, the vein is popping out of his forehead. I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> across the screen. Okay, I'm, um, I'm
0: sorry. I, I'm going to ask the chat straight up right here. Is all of this making sense or is it just me not having the patience to try to really understand it? Cause if that's the case, I'll take, I'll take the answer anyway, because I'm getting really confused of the long game here and connection. I I, I just, I, and there's so much freaking techno babble in this show. I'm sorry. I need it dumb down a little bit. You guys in the chat, are you understanding every little bit of this? because
1: if not, that's fine, <laughs> okay, okay, well, with that, you know what we're gonna go right into our we are gonna go we I got a little trivia for everybody but we're, we're gonna get into Kevin's reaction and oh Dave, episode one knocked it out of the park for me episode four caught up with that peak awesomeness, so Dave's enjoying it
0: uh, that's fine, but he's not saying is if he's understanding it <laughs> like I'm not.
1: However, Ghostbusters' quick response is on the Kevin side of things. I'm like, you no, we, we, we have not split in the chat. I mean,
0: I, I want to clarify, uh, kind of touching on what Dave said. I'm enjoying so a bunch of these character moments and these scenes and stuff. But as for the overlying plot,
1: I'm not. <laughs> so, so we're, we're, we're going to get into all this, but let, let, let's take – Hit some things up first with um, a little Loki trivia here. We've got some Marvel Cinematic Universe trivia, specifically Loki Marvel Plus trivia here. So I've got a few pieces here I've, I've managed to pull out for some Tesseract and some Infinity Stones and all that good stuff. When OB brings out his models and apologizes for their scale and one coat of paint, this mere similar statement said by Doc Brown in back to the future in the back to the future trilogy, explaining and apologizing for his models. So, you know, a little time travel respect uh, going by, on, by the
0: way, real quick, I'm going to kind of go along with what uh, Chris and Dave is saying, saying they're, they're, they're enjoying the ride. Maybe they don't understand it right now, but they're kind of curious to see what's going to happen in the season. Maybe that'll clear it up a little bit. That's just, I'm kind of paraphrasing by w- both of what they said.
1: Yep. Now, one of the big reveals in this episode was, of course, Renslayer's true connection to He Who Remains, Kang, or whatever you want to call him. But Renslayer and Kang have a complicated past in the comics as well. In that in that canon, the pair fell in love after her empire was conquered by Kang. So, you know, you got a little Stockholm syndrome there or something like that. Um we also now know the meaning behind the TVA's model for all time always. It originated between Renslayer and He Who Remains. When he who remains wipes Renslayer's memory, he calls the process Protocol 42. Not only is 42, of course, the answer to the universe in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it's also an important number for marble heads as Earth 42 is where Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse ends. And finally, Obi's real name makes a bit more sense now as Aurora Boris is a serpent that eats itself. The fact that he and Victor cannot work out who came first is a perfect example example of this circular reason.
0: Sorry, Dave's cracking me up right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Dave is on a roll. The
0: TVA's motto is Kang's pillow tuck.
1: (laughs) So, guys, let's get into our... Oh, there we go. Dave, look, look, season two reminds me a lot of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams of Hitchhiker's Guide Fame Free on Hulu. I'm going to agree with you. this, This show does have a little bit of Douglas Adams feel, and I think that might be intentional. But let's get into our main topics of the show. Okay, first and foremost, we're going to have a little piece of pie with Kevin. Is he more confused now than ever? And it is okay if he is. Mr. Reitzel, are you more confused than ever now?
0: I've made that perfectly clear, yes. And okay. I just find it funny that there's a pie room with all of these slices of same type of
1: pie. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's it. So, what can I try to explain for you this? All of it? I <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, okay. So I don't
0: I don't even know where to start Kyle because uh I I it's not that I'm trying to figure out the end game here. No pun intended. I mm-hmm. I'm just uh I don't know. I I feel like instead of laying a path, they're just kind of like they're, they're jumping from rock to rock over the water or that type of thing. I don't know. That, that's probably not a good way to explain it, but no, I, 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 I don't, I don't feel like on. they're, I, I think they're trying to, I I, th- I, th- I think they're trying to be too cute with the plot. I think because so- for me to follow the plot, it's not fun. I like following other plots because of the the pieces that they're laying out a little more obviously, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I like the moments between the characters and seeing what's going to happen. But uh, I, I'm just, yeah. I I don't know if they're catering more towards the, uh, the comic book people and that the people that aren't the comic book people are just kind of going, eh, whatever, like me. So I don't know.
1: Okay. So I'm going to throw this out there right now. I think we need to stop with the comic book comparisons because this is so far away from anything with the comic book other than a little pieces here and there that we don't you don't need to worry about that so let's throw that out i think for anybody who's looking for like a final end game in the loki in this loki series you're going to be highly disappointed because this show is all about setting up of what's to come in the MCU, and it's a big part of everything that's coming with later on with the Kang dynasty secret wars if those are still the plans and we're going to discuss that have that discussion a little later in the episode what i'm seeing happening right now is this is just like i i feel like in a way where this show is probably starting up the setup of the soft reboot of the mcu that they've been talking about for a little while now um so and, it, and by doing that it's putting the tools in place the, the biggest thing from for me, that I'm that's kind of getting some clarity is I'm understanding the concept of what the TBA is trying to turn into instead of pruning all these realities, they're trying to save the lives of all these real in all of these different timelines, instead of pruning them and killing all these people. So they've kind of flipped on that, even though the consequence of that is we could be getting more variants of he who remains, aka Kang, aka Victor Timely. And that could lead to the Kang variant war, which is a Big. That is a big thing that probably is leading to, um, Kang Avengers, Kang Dynasty, because that was a big story in the comics. Kevin was all these variants of Kang because Kang is a time traveler, coming together and fighting for control of the of the timeline and the and basically the universe. So, gotcha, gotcha. So I'll, I think that's where part of that is. Um, but there's some there's a lot of fun timey wimey stuff in this episode too. But I can I like I said I understand anybody's confusion because it's moving at a pace. Yes, sir. I need to interrupt
0: for just a second for a news break. Not a good okay. news break either. Uh, oh. Matthew Perry has just passed away, according to TMZ and other sites. He died at age 54 and they found him drowned uh, in his jacuzzi.
1: Oh, man. We'll touch on
0: that a little bit later. But uh, being the big friend star that I am and with his character being one of my favorites, uh, that's sad news. And I did want to give credit to our friend Jennifer here. She uh, just sent me a message regarding that uh sad news uh rest in peace we'll touch on wow. him later we'll come back to that
1: wow yeah that's some major news um yeah but we'll talk about that a little bit here at the end of the show um okay with that news um let's just i'm gonna, I'm gonna move on to the next topic then because the next topic is things get a little timey-wimey in this episode of loki and i can see where maybe again cat. <laughs> you have had a little confusion with the time aspect of this. Is
0: it is it your is it your expertise or better expertise on timey wimey storytelling than I? Because you're more into Doctor Who than I am. That maybe you kind of get this type of thing. Because I love time travel things, Kyle. I love timey wimey stuff. But you know, I'm I'm just having trouble following it on the show.
1: Yeah, um, Dave Mattingly. I, I'm hoping you can back me up here because you're a timey wimey fan, but. As everything goes to plan in the TVA, it becomes clear that this is when Loki went after time slipping in episode one. If you recall, he was pulled into the future where alarms were blaring as the TV at the TVA as he walks towards an elevator that revealed Sylvie. Just as he reaches tor- reached towards her, someone pruned him from behind. We didn't see who it was in episode one. Well, now we know it was Loki who did the pruning. That's not all either. After he answers the phone, he learns that Ob it was Ob on the un- other side wondering where they are. Now, if you go back to episode one, you had Loki running through things. He had to get pruned at that at a particular moment, or he couldn't reset himself and stop the time time slipping. So we we are seeing that version of Loki, like in the photo here, and it's happening at the same events of this actual episode happening. And then what happened? What we get next is Loki pruning himself. the the current time Loki. Sees the, his that that confused
0: stuff. me right there. I was just like, wait a minute, okay.
1: <laughs> so so that's what it was. The current time Loki sees his time-slipping self, realizes what's going on, and prunes himself. And then he gives a look. It'll all make sense later when I explain it to Sylvie. Of course, if you remember, too, that phone was ringing, and that's when it cut off. We did not find out who was calling on the phone. Now we know it was Ob. This should—I really think that the time travel stuff they have done in this this season of Loki has actually been very intelligent and very well done. And I think this was another great example of it to kind of tie—it's tying some things together. And I think it's—it's it's been very interesting how they've done it. And I think it's some of the smartest time travel work that they've done—I've seen done since Back to the Future.
0: Yeah, what Dave said here says episode one Loki got pruned from behind. Now we see he really pruned him, and why? I forgot about that. That's a good point yeah uh, good idea. He yeah. had
1: Loki had to be pruned by in a particular moment because if that moment passed, and he would be time slipping for forever. So yeah. he knew it. He but didn't we alone.
0: learn from season one that prune people go to some prune world?
1: Uh, not not all of them, but <laughs> and I think I think with all the timeline variants now being created, because remember in season one, they were pruning everything, and there was just a sacred timeline. Now there's all these different timelines. So that that could be having an effect on pruning as well well, but that gets us to the final topic. Is everyone dead? At the end of the episode, Victor Timely is turned into temporal spaghetti. Miss Minutes is rebooted. Renslayer is pruned and the loom explodes, but we but wait, we still have two episodes left, Kevin. And okay, I got a, I got a
0: question about this. How is Miss Minutes so
1: powerful? But she has. She was an AI created by he, who remains and just is centuries, if not millennium old <laughs> and has grown as an AI to this. So,
0: so what level. you're saying is she's an evil AI.
1: Yeah, what you're saying to- is
0: she deserves to be on an episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, which has had a lot of fun with
1: evil AI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Dave Manley throws And this time around, Loki was pruned in sync with the temporal aura extractor, so he wouldn't time slip anymore. That's that's part of the reason why he didn't go to the pruning place. Okay. I see this is
0: why I need Dave in there. This is the reason why I need Chris in there. I need you guys to explain this to
1: me. <laughs> yeah. Um Ghostbusters quick response. I did respect the dark humor of Timely's demise. Mm. And Dave Time, everyone is not necessarily dead. Magic works in the TVA now since the rebooted reboot removed the safeguards. And that's one of the things I was going to get do So thank you, Dave. Um Okay. We have, of course, Victor Timely here right before he turned to Spaghetti. And then <laughs> at the episode closes out. Loki is seeing the explosion of the loom coming towards them. But Dave, um, Dad Joke of the Week. Timely. Uh, time- Timely. <laughs> <de ma. laughs> uh,
0: I needed that. That was good.
1: <laughs> um, yes, the Matt with, with the reboot, which took out Miss minutes and, uh, and allowed magic to happen in the TVA again. Um, Yes, that's that's a big part of this. You, you know, we've got different timelines, different time frames. There's a lot of interesting stuff. This is my fear. We've got two episodes left. And Kevin, I am truly worried about your mental state because I have a feeling episode five could go real meta- metaphysical here on us and be a real <laughs> trippy space. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, sometimes you just got to say WTF. Just watch it and go with it.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think that is where we might be headed. Um, so yeah, it's I'm enjoying it. I'm kind of nervous about what we have left in these next two episodes, but I'm 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 all, I'm on board for the ride. If nothing else, Kevin, like you, I'm enjoying the character moments in this. I'm a, yes, I'm understanding some of the aspects, and I think I know where they're going with this, even though we're not going to get a resounding finish to all of yeah. this. Um. That's And with that, that's going to kind of wrap up our Loki coverage. We've got another topic we want to talk about, but I think, Kevin, we need to kind of take a swerve here because I see you've got something on your screen and I think we need to share it. Um,
0: yeah, guys. Uh, so we just got the word that uh, um, friend star Matthew Perry dead at 54 after apparent drowning, according to TMZ. Uh says here, Matthew Perry, one of the stars of Friends, has died. TMZ has learned. Law enforcement sources tell us that the actor was found Saturday at an L.A. home where he he appears to have drowned. Our sources say first responders rushed over for a call of a cardiac arrest. It's unclear where exactly on the grounds this happened. Our sources say he was found in a jacuzzi at home and were told there were no drugs found at the scene. We're also told there was no foul play involved. Perry is most famous for his role as Chandler Bing in the hit 90s sitcom, which ran for 10 seasons. And with him in all 234 episodes, his character was a fan favorite, uh, as was performance, mannerisms, and lines in which he have gone on to be recreated and spoofed by fans all over the world. One comes to mind, in particular, could... (laughs) yes uh sorry uh while friends was the biggest claim to his fame matthew perry had starred and guest starred in countless other tv shows over the years such as boys will be boys growing pains silver spoons charles in charge sydney beverly hills 90210 home free Ally McBeal, the west ring scrubs studio 60 on the sunset strip go on odd couple and more he's also acted in a handful of memorable films mostly comedy like fools rush in whole nine yards Three to Tango, The Kid, 17 Again, Getting In, and many others. He's been off the scene more recently, not having acted since a TV miniseries in 2017. While his on-screen persona was affable and upbeat, Pathu suffered mightily behind scenes, notably from his addiction to drugs and alcohol, painkillers specifically. He was hooked on Vicodin for years. Even while on Friends, he had been in and out of rehab. Matthew opened up about his painful chapter of his life in a memoir he put out last year where he detailed the struggles he had, including his clear weight loss gain on the show. During his press run for the book, Matthew did a number of interviews where he got incredibly emotional, including one with Diane Sawyer, where he detailed his story. While Matthew Perry appears to be clean and sober a year ago, A year prior, he and other cast members were plugging the Friends reunion show, which I do remember watching, drew concern from fans as they felt he appeared unwell at times, slurring his words and looking a bit out of it. I confirm that. He did. On top of his substance abuse, Matthew also dealt with health issues, some of which were serious and required hospitalization. So it goes on. Um, Kyle, this is a sad loss. Uh, I was a big fan of the Chandler character, some of our favorite one of some of my favorite scenes include He has some of the best lines. Uh, it's a sad day that um, we thought that the friends friends would be around for oh, quite a bit. He was only 54, man.
1: 50. Yeah. Uh, I, I think about this. And, yeah. It's
0: a year older than I am. Yeah.
1: But I also, I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I was I'm a fan of his too. I mean, we thought the friends would be around. They were the generational defining for a lot of us. Um, Matthew Perry had his demons and he had very, very bad demons. And I'm not saying he was back on his demons here, but those demons took a toll on his body. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, I I, I hate saying it, but I'm wondering if those, that toll caught up with him, unfortunately. Yeah. And And
0: just so you know, um, this friends is one of those shows that my wife and I have bonded on. Uh, it's one of those things that whenever we're traveling hotel room, Uh, hotel tv apple tv or google tv we just throw friends on and we have some of our favorite episodes that we enjoy and stuff but uh it's just it's just one of those one of those sad things that uh did not expect it to hear today but um there's a part of me unfortunately it's not surprised that he's the first to go yeah i i agree with you rest in Um, peace matthew
1: i'm sure there will be a lot of tributes whether it's on social media or other ways over the next few days, and I'm sure we will get a lot more information on what happened. But yes, definitely rest in peace, Matthew Perry. So, with that, um, I'm gonna move on to our next topic. I was gonna, I'm gonna, I don't. Uh, it's kind of, I was gonna make it like our or- orbital hot bomb topic, but under the light of the circumstances, I just want to bring it up in a kind of a general conversation here. I want to talk about the state of the MCU right now because we've got the Marvels coming out. And then it's kind of going to be a while before we see anything on the MCU front because of the strikes. Everything's been delayed. One of those big things is Deadpool. Deadpool 3, which I I think a lot
0: of people... But we have the Disney Plus show that's already in the can, though, right? Um, What's her name? Uh, Actress that was in Hawkeye. Oh, um, Haley Steinfeld? No, the other character. The the, one that's deaf with oh
1: echo echo is in the can we will have have that that's almost become an afterthought and that's part of it because that's dropping all at once right after the first of the year it was actually supposed to drop in november they pushed it back to the first of the year um but there were some couple of interesting stories that i think really reflect what's going on with the mcu here um one is daredevil born again which i think the they are planning to be a big show on disney plus it's Two, uh, two seasons and nine episodes, eighteen episodes altogether. They had started production on this before the strike, and actually had film done some filming. And apparently, Kevin Feige and Bob Iger and the heads of Disney were not happy with what they saw, and that has that has led to them basically starting over. And they brought in somebody who has a little history with Daredevil himself as the showrunner, um, Dario Scardapane. I apologize for pr- pronouncing that if I'm pronouncing out. He was the showrunner for Punisher on Netflix. And he also was a produ- executive producer for this for on Daredevil on Netflix as well. They've also brought in a couple of new directors and directors we are very familiar with because we just talked about something they directed. And that is Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who have directed several projects on Disney Plus, including most recently several episodes of the current season of Loki. Um. This is a big thing because I think Disney has had a lot of second thoughts about directions the MCU is going and is going to be doing a big adjustment after the strikes. Um, Obviously, we still haven't heard the casting of Fantastic Four, a a few other things. Their plans are getting really kind of shaken up. Another big factor of this, and Kevin and I have touched on this a little bit, and I'm not getting into the legal aspect of this, but we need to talk about Jonathan. Jonathan of the majors was cast to be the villain of this, like Josh Brolin as Thanos. Uh, as Thanos, he was cast to be Kang, the major villain of this arc, of this chapter of the MCU, this multiversal chapter. He's had some very severe legal trouble, um, and it, Disney's kind of kept quiet on it. And they haven't said a lot. They haven't fired him. They haven't. Su- they, they've kind of supported him, letting him go through his legal process. But something happened here with Disney and a decision they made here just recently. Jonathan Majors had a movie coming out under the Disney banner uh, called "Movie Movie Magaz- uh, called his, called Magazine Dreams. It, Magazine Dreams starred Jonathan Majors as an amateur bodybuilder struggling to find human connection and already had its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival back in January. It debuted to mostly positive re- reviews, but Majors has been embroiled in controversy for most of the year. He was arrested on March 25th on targets of strangulation, assault, and harassment. Following several days, he set to head to trial on November 29th after a New York judge denied a motion to dismiss the case. Even still, he is currently starring as Victor Timely in Loki and still being referred to as Kang. Now, th- with what happened in this episode of Loki, they have a real easy way to recast Kang now going forward. And it's going to be interesting to see if that's a decision they make um, explain
0: to, explain to me how they would explain that. How would they do that?
1: Well, I mean, with Kang because he's a time traveler, multiple years, you see him turned into time stream spaghetti, he could be easily reincorporated with a new actor. Do you think that's the plan and that's how they redid the end of this episode? Um, I think that's a I think that's a distinct possibility. They probably did that. Um, I like I like Dave's idea here yeah
0: give it to uh
1: ravana yeah i like that yeah so it's gonna be very interesting to watch the other aspect of this is because the the actor strike is still going on deadpool 3 was slated to release on may 3rd 2024 it's gonna miss that date um sean levy has kind of dropped that hint but it's pretty much missed gonna miss that date there are some rumors that the captain america film with um Anthony Mackie as Captain America could fill in that slot because that was pretty much down to post-production at the time of the strike and now that the writers are back they can kind of deal with some of that. I'm going to I just want to say this about the MCU and where it stands right now. Yes, I think even I who am a die-hard MCU fan is feeling a little bit of burnout. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think I but there's a there's just there's three I want to highlight, Kevin. One is I think they should have at least waited a year before putting thing anything out after Avengers Endgame. I think people needed a break, a chance to catch their breath, so on and so forth. Number two is this: I think that the MCU with Disney Plus and aspects of Bob Chapek, a lot of stuff was rushed to get content out, especially on Disney Plus, and I think it was rushed to the point that it wasn't the quality that Kevin Feige felt good about, or and wasn't the quality that we've expected from the MCU. And I think that has played a part of it too. My third point, and then Kevin, you can let me know what you think. I will say this from now to eternity, the death of Chadwick Boseman drastically changed a lot of plans for the MCU after Avengers Endgame. Because he was to become the Tony Stark of the MCU. He was supposed to be the heart of the MCU going forward. And I don't think they found that their footing and found a way to replace that aspect of the MCU yet.
0: Uh, first of all, uh, I want to address what Dave says here in the chat says, or would it be an amazing surprise bad guy as the new King is evil. Owen Wilson. I can't see uh, Owen Wilson being evil. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Although I will tell you, it's a breath of fresh air to see him actually have no bangs. Finally, seems like every Owen Wilson, he always has his blonde bangs hanging down. Uh, so I'm digging the, digging the, um, the Loki look. All right. Um, I want to address Chadwick Bozeman. I don't think the death of Chadwick Bozeman has caused this, uh, uh, rift in MCU fandom. Yes, it was a challenge, but I think it's just, I don't, I, I think it's too many cooks in the kitchen and not creating a definitive plan. I think they've thrown some stuff on the wall to see what it sticks. And that was the wrong way to go personally. Uh, I, it just seems fragmented to me, Kyle, and uh, I, I think that it's just the creative process just kind of fell by the wayside. It was more about getting as much as you can out uh, to push subscriptions for um, um, Disney Plus and also probably to make up money on projects that didn't do well, like Eternals and and You know, a couple other things, but I I just think that they didn't have a clear enough direction. And you don't necessarily need to have Chadwick Boseman to go that way. Yes, that would have been nice, but any anyone could have jumped in to kind of become, you know, the leader of the next Avengers. And I think they're still trying to figure that out. And the fact that they haven't figured it out yet is problematic. But I don't think it's Chad the reason why it's Chadwick Boseman. To be honest with you.
1: Well, um, that, I,
0: I, that, that's my take uh, real, real quick by the way I was having A discussion with friends of mine in the 501st Yesterday about Deadpool Because they were wondering like Did, did Deadpool get finished or were they ever Did they start it and like yeah they started it But I kind of get the feeling Kyle Another reason why it's also going to be delayed And I think it's a smart strategy If they're going that direction Is that there's going to be planned You know how a lot of these big budget films Plan for reshoots Just in case Mm -hmm. Whether they're needed or not, I think this will also give the production team once the strikes are out of the way and uh, the creative uh, process going forward that will allow some really fun cameos to come into Deadpool because we have the feeling that Deadpool is going to have a plethora of cameos to take fun or to to poke fun, but also kind of take advantage of this whole alternate universe timey-wimey thing that's going on with deadpool uh and i think that they're going to have throwing some stuff for the comic people throwing some stuff from the movie people i think it's going to be a lot of fun
1: uh just two two quick things um as far as we talk about them throwing so much i think that's why bob Iger said we're focusing that our focus is being changed from quantity to quality exactly made that point a couple of times um I also think Deadpool three has a very big role to play in what the future of the MCU is because everything I've read and I've, got, I've been pretty much per, not 100% confirmed, but there's a lot of strong sources. Miss minutes is a big factor of Deadpool three because that is the TVA and miss minutes is the rumored way of how they're bringing Deadpool into the MCU proper.
0: You know, um, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a powerful entity there. And, you know, using something like that to, uh, to get these people into Deadpool and Deadpool into the MCU would be a great way to do that. And hopefully maybe tease some fantastic four and stuff like that.
1: And, and one last MCU thing last year, they put out a great special werewolf by night, one shot Halloween special. Very fun. They just put out the colorized version of that. And, Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. (laughs) If you're looking for something fun to watch Halloween over the next couple of days, go watch, go check that out. What
0: a pleasant surprise that was. I might revisit that. That's good. But I'm making a point, Kyle, and I want to ask you this question and I want to ask the people in the chat um, related Halloween-y. What type of halloween stuff are you going to try and watch? Are you going to try to watch something you haven't watched before, Kyle? Or are you going to try to watch a classic that you're going to do on a rewatch? Uh, I'm, I'm, leading, gonna... I'm leading to something that I'm going to try to watch that I haven't seen in a while.
1: Um, I'm definitely going to watch Werewolf by Night. There's a couple of uh, fil- uh, Halloween-type films that I haven't watched in a few years, and I'm thinking I'm going to revisit one of those. Is the film Trick or Treat, which is a Halloween anthology, an anthology film. Um, what, wh- where is that? Trick or Treat? Is the name of the film? It's, yeah, it's when an did that antholo- come out? Uh, t- uh, that came out probably you know, 10, 15 years ago now. Okay, gotcha. It's it's that little it's that little the pumpkin guy, pumpkin head.
0: Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. Yes, I'm gonna that, watch. That, that, is too great,
1: that is a great that is a great anthology type film. Okay, I actually that out. bought
0: out on DVD last year, meaning to watch it. So thank you for reminding me.
1: And I, and plus I, I'm rewatching Buffy as we speak. cool. There's, there's that.
0: I'm going, going to uh, because I was in London recently, Kyle. Guess what I'm gonna watch.
1: Uh, uh an Egyptian mummy in London.
0: <laughs> I was also in Paris as well, but don't go there. I'm gonna. I'm yeah, we, gonna don't, watch... we don't.
1: That movie doesn't exist, Kevin.
0: We just... I'm gonna watch an American Werewolf in London. Uh I uh, got the urge to want to watch it again. It also happens to be one of uh, Aaron, one of my wife's, uh, one of her favorite films as well. So she's you actually know... met. She's actually met actor David Naughton. Gone to a panel that he was in promoting the film and and uh, being interviewed. And so I'm looking forward to revisiting that.
1: Still one of the greatest effects of all time, the transformation into the world.
0: Uh, Dave, you and I have something in common. I have also been to Evil Dead, the musical, on stage. Mine wasn't recently. Mine was back in 2017 in Georgia, and they had the blood splatter two rows in the front part that you could pay extra for the uh, extra blood splatter. It was great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well... With that, guys, before we get out of here, we guys had a little time for some fandom reviews. So, once again, it's time to buy it, buy it, buy it, stream it, stream it, stream it or, unsee or unsee it. Or unsee and look at that spory logo Mr. Reitzel came up with. Look at that. What's that? What's going on there? Well, Kevin, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. We've been doing a lot of podcasting. I'm doing Buffy rewatch. I've had a lot of work things going on. I've been trying to. Get, get caught up on a few things. So I haven't gotten a chance to watch a whole lot, but you've got, you were able to pick up a couple things from buy and see it.
0: I did. And I'm also continuing my uh, possibly record movie watch for this year of 2023, Kyle. I'm keeping track of it on the Letterboxed app. You want to guess how many movies I've watched thus far this year?
1: I'm going to put you at about 150, 250, 251, 249. <laughs> I'm at
0: 312 films on wow uh, as of this year, and uh, I decided to watch some stuff on Netflix here. And this one was one of those movies that when it first came up, I was kind of like kind of curious about. It. I'm like, eh, no, I, you know, I'm a big romantic comedy mm-hmm. guy, I love rom coms. Hey,
1: Kevin is a romantic romantic, I movie. am.
0: I like it when you know the people at the end get together and it's happy. So, uh, so I went in on Netflix as a, a, a a movie called Love at First Sight, and I was kind of curious about it, and kind of passed it up. I'm like, you know, I'm going to watch this thing. You know what sold me for watching it, Kyle? What's that? Hour and thirty-one minute long.
1: There you go. <laughs> we need more uh, movies at that time runtime.
0: Uh, so it's about these this couple, this soon-to-be couple called Hadley and Oliver. They begin to fall for each other on their flight from New York to London, and uh, things kind of go wrong, and they lose each other's numbers. Uh, but there's this person that is played by jamila jamil you know who that is kyle
1: mm-hmm. yes i believe we saw her a little she hulk action
0: yeah she was in she hulk and she was also the friend in um the new girl with uh mm-hmm. was it um zoe dashanel yeah is that Zo- or is it the other one i forget no. which dashanel
1: that is the, anyway it's, it's zoe um the other one was on bones
0: okay that's right yeah so anyway and she's kind of like like she she's like plays different she plays different roles and she's Slowly trying to get them back together. You know, she's she's kind of like the guardian angel, like she'll be the flight attendant, she'll be the taxi driver, you know what I'm talking about, but kind of looks a little different. And she's also narrating the scene for people. And it was a very sweet film. Uh, part most of it takes place in London once they get over there. And it stars Haley Lou Richardson and Ben Hardy. And uh, it's just a really good, fun, quick
1: rom-com. I liked it and I recommend it.
0: It is a stream it for me,
1: Kyle. Dave Mattingly has a quick question for you, Kevin. What is your favorite rom-com? His is the Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain.
0: Speaking of Englishmen, yes, that is a good question. And I have an answer for that. And it's been the same answer for about 15 years now. And that is Notting Hill. Uh, And I've actually been to Notting Hill. And I've actually been to the shooting locations. And I've actually been to the famous Blue Door in Notting Hill. And I was there again this most recent trip when I went to London. What about you, Matt? Dave, what's your what's your favorite one? Was, oh, yours is the oh the Englishman who went up a hill and came down. You know what? I've never seen that. I gotta check it's that title.
1: out. It's the title. is too long. Um, yeah. I am gonna throw in here. I have two. that are, I love love love. Actually, I'm a fan of that. That's
0: one. in my top five, but I I kind of throw that into Christmas movies though. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what I do.
1: So if not that, it's another in English film. However, Wimbledon. Oh, great call,
0: Kyle. Excellent, excellent rom-com. Love that one. I love Paul
1: Bettany in that film. He is so good in that film, and the guy who plays his brother is great. And one of the few few movies I can really, truly stand Kirsten Dunst in. (laughs) I'll be honest with (laughs) you. Good call. That's a good um, one. But, Kevin, would you care to explain yourself, please?
0: (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> My name is Kevin Reitzel, and I am a fan of Millie Vanilli. I bought that album on day one when it came out because I remember hearing the song, um, Girl, You Know It's True, in the dance club before it was released. And uh, I bought the album when it first came out. And then, of course, we found out what really happened. Millie Vanilli, Rob and Fab lip synced their way to fandom here. And uh, we found out that uh, they were not singing these songs and uh, they became the scapegoat and became villainized and uh, um, had to give back the Grammy all in uh, on the media. And um, what happened to these guys uh, was actually horrible. If you ask me now that I look back on it and this documentary does a great job going back and showing what happened and uh, the, the, famous producer who brought them together because they realized that they were good looking guys and they can help sell these records because the musicians that they had at the time making this great music could not sell the records on their own and so they were uh you know they signed the contract without reading the fine print they just wanted to get out from being dancers and uh, backup dancers singers and to try to make it out on their own and um it worked for a while. Their album blew up, but unfortunately the truth came out. And it's just kind of funny nowadays. You see you see memes, you know, about, you know, these guys getting pissed at people doing TikToks, you know, mm-hmm. getting famous on that. But this movie documentary, I highly highly recommend. Uh it really gets into what the music industry was like in that way and how the image was pushed forward and center and that happened in the hair metal days too, Kyle. Mm-hmm we discuss in the hair metal podcast from time to time. And um, these guys uh, were given an opportunity knowing it was a risk, did it. And then of course, yes, it backfired on them. Uh, unfortunately, we lost um, uh, Rob, the gentleman on the left here. He died. Uh, he had a, um, a drug and alcohol, pro- alcohol problem. And he passed away, I think back in 2008.
1: Yeah. Um, wasn't it? Didn't, didn't he not commit? I believe he committed. I'm suicide. Sorry. It, not. sorry. Rob is on the right, yeah. my bad. Uh, Fab on the left,
0: uh, I, I don't know if it was Suicide. I think it was. I can't remember. Uh, but um, there is a redemption in this. Uh, Fab on the left here has survived. He has a family now living in Amsterdam. And he actually does concerts singing these songs for himself. And he's actually a decent singer. But what's really cool is they actually interview the original band members that did this music. And, the, and if you go back and listen to that record, that was a great record. That record kicks ass and I will defend it. Uh, it is such a great dance record. There's some great lyrics, great harmonies in there. And they interview like the original singer that did that and how he feels about it today. And uh, after this all blew up, they actually reinvented the band and put pushed them forward and uh, brought in some new people. And it still kind of wasn't the real thing, but they did have some of the original members in the band called the real Vill- Millie vanilli which didn't last very long and they showed yeah. some, they showed some um, uh, interviews like when Millie vanilli was trying to actually sing songs and do their own music they went on arsenio hall after arsenio hall had made fun of them for so long uh, it's kind of a heartbreaking uh, story it's uh, fascinating to look behind the scenes and this producer who was able to make so much money. And, and this wasn't the first time he did something similar like this, where he went back and like manufactured these bands. But this was the risk of having these two good looking guys front this band uh to see if they can sell more records and and they did.
1: I remember when this happened, it was huge because that album was huge. That album yeah. sold. And the music on it is great. It's a blame great it album. Yeah, That's probably my favorite song on that album. <laughs> yeah. Um. These poor guys got used, and yep. I mean, I I do honestly feel bad for them. They got they got used. They were by part of the system, and I. And on one hand, I don't blame them. You get caught up in all that fame and excitement, but it yep. bit them in the ass. They took the risk, and it bit them in the ass.
0: You know, before um Rob passed away. Um, it would have been nice if they all just got together, even the original band members. Because if you think about it, if you look about what other like rap bands and stuff, just think of Rob and Fab as the hype men, you know, and then you have the real musicians play behind. But you know, like when I saw when they showed recent video of Fab um singing, he was pretty good, I gotta say.
1: And he's got a wife and kids now, and he's happy and I remember people were always suspicious because when they first started, their accents were so heavy from
0: Yes. From.
1: yes. Like no, something's not adding up here, and then of course yes. everything happens. They they talk happened. about that.
0: They they talk about that. They're like, wait a minute, so it's just not right now. But who cares? They're good looking. Yeah.
1: so Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, the sad part is, if this would have happened today, it'd probably just been embraced. Um.
0: Yes. Definitely.
1: By the way, uh, just I it I would actually buy this uh documentary. Yeah. So
0: it's it's a buy it for me. Make sure you check it out on on uh, uh was it Netflix uh, Paramount Plus? Excuse me. It's on Paramount Plus. Check it out. It is awesome.
1: Well, with that, guys, we're gonna wrap up this episode of Culture Clash. Been a, been a weird one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, when you get bad news uh live, if you can report it, we gotta do it, Kyle. And uh shout out to the uh chat there, especially uh Dave and um and uh Chris for jumping in there. Appreciate you guys. And uh please uh if you're listening to this, please subscribe to the channel if you're not already. Please uh get other people to do it. We're trying to get our numbers up there and remember to hit like and, and comment. We really, really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And of Thank course, you Chris find- Later Gators. And of course, you can find the Fandom Podcast Network not only here on our YouTube channel, but of course, also with our all our great podcasts on fpnet.podbean.com or on any of those amazing podcast catchers out there, whether it be iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, so many others out there. Um, and of course, too, you can find us on social media. Go to the Fandom Podcast Network Facebook page. We keep you updated on all the happenings in fandom. Um, you can find us too on at fan Pod network on x twitter whatever you want to call it these days um you can also find us on instagram at fandom podcast network um you can find me kyle on x twitter or whatever you want to call it these days at a kyle w or on instagram and thre- threads at a kyle fandom kevin where can people find you?
0: uh you can find me on x twitter
1: <laughs>
0: um Threads and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. And just a quick tease, we have a new episode of Time Warp uh, 1983 coming out. Uh, we're talking about the months of October and November. And look for some couch potato theaters of movies that we love celebrating 30 years.
1: And there might be some that aren't celebrating 30 years, but they're they're still on an anniversary. We got some That's right. yes, yes. before before the year is out. So um rest in peace, Matthew Perry. And as always, like we say, especially today, respect each other. And most importantly, enjoy your fandom. And with that, we are out of here.